First of all, thank you so much for inviting me to um, be able to preach this morning. It's a real blessing. A real blessing. So, let me start with asking who watched England last night? Don't look so dreary face. It's not over yet, is it? It's not over yet. I'll tell you what, I do it the same every single tournament. Honestly, every single tournament England are in. I put the old, um, and he said makeup. It's not makeup, is it? It's um, face paint. Put the face paint on. I'm excited. And every single time, I get downhearted. I really do. It happens every single time. Last night, watching the game, I thought England, brilliant. On form, superb form. Superb. All we need is a goal. We score a goal. It's about 76, 77 minutes. I thought, brilliant. We've got it. What could possibly go wrong? Extra time. 93 minutes. In the 92nd minute, Russia score. I cannot believe it. I'll tell you what. Did someone clap them? I'll tell you what. When England scored, right, I, I expressed... I had such joy. I mean, I really, I had, I had such joy. Angie beside me, she, you experienced the joy I had, didn't you? That, that's okay. Such joy. And then 20 minutes later, right, I experienced such a down. It's unbelievable. I know it's just a game, but it's almost like my joy just vanished. Vanished. Right now, Do I still believe England can do well in this tournament? Of course I do. Of course I do. Deep, deep, deep in my heart, I still believe we can win this tournament. I stand on that. I stand on that. So, this morning's talk is actually choosing joy. One sunny Sunday morning, Jim's mum stood over him, shaking him by the shoulder. You have to get up, she urged. You have to get ready for church. I don't want to go to church. I want to stay in bed. Besides, I'm 28 years old and you can't make me go, he replied. (laughs) Crossing her arms over her chest, his mum demanded, give me three good reasons why you should stay in bed and not go to church. Okay, he answered. First, I don't get anything out of the service. Second, I don't like the people there. And third, no one there likes me. Now, can you give me three good reasons why I should go to church? His mum responded, well, first, it'll do you some good. Second, there are people there who really, really like you, and they'll miss you if you're not there. And third, you're the pastor. (laughs) So hands up, right? Hands up right now. Those people in this room, in this church right now, Honest truth, who are filled with inexpressible joy, just that they're bursting at the seams. Hands up. We have a, Kieran, yeah, I knew he'd put his hand up. (laughs) We have a few, we have a few. What is joy and where does it come from? Joy stands for the inner attitude of rejoicing in one's salvation, regardless of outward circumstances, one of the fruits of a right relationship with God. So one of my favorite sayings, happiness comes from happenings, but true joy comes from the Lord. I'll say that again. Happiness comes from happenings, but true joy 
comes from the Lord. I'm going to be burning through quite a few Bible verses, so try to keep up. If you can't, it's okay. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Joy comes from God. True joy comes from God. Romans 15 verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him. So that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from God. He is the source of all joy. Did you know the Bible also commands us to be joyful? Commands us to be joyful. Philippians 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say rejoice. Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 15 verse 13, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. And in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. So a question, are we really called to be joyful all of the time? I mean, all of the time. Is it even possible? Joy is very much linked to being thankful. And joy is the result of being thankful. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I sort of get giving thanks, being joyful when circumstances are good. I get that. But what about when things aren't so good? Right, I'm a window cleaner by trade. All right, now, I don't know if you've noticed, but in Cornwall, it tends to rain just a little bit. I know we've had a good hot, hot time, but, you know, so I wake up in the morning, I've got work on. Open the curtains, pouring down with rain. Now, what I should be doing is, Lord, I want to just praise you for the rain. I really do. Thank you so much for this rain. It's just wonderful. But in my heart, I'm thinking, heck, I can't work today. This is not good. But at that point, I'm still called to choose joy. And according to the verse we just read, we're actually called to be thankful in all circumstances. So let's look at an example of someone in the Bible who chose joy. And that was Paul, Paul the Apostle. If someone or if anyone had a reason to be joyful in hard times, um, it was Paul. Acts 16, 22 to 25 says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. How many times do we read something like that? And often it can just go over the top of our heads. So let's just try to really put yourselves in a situation like this now. Okay? Imagine you're Paul. So Paul and Silas are only doing what comes natural to them. They're telling people about Jesus. Yeah? It's okay to do. But it's not okay to do because they're breaking the law. They get caught for it, right? They then get a beating, which is just beyond probably the beatings I could even comprehend to the point where they're probably almost dead from the beating. And if that wasn't enough, they then get put into a prison, a dark, cold prison, okay? Now, at this point, Paul had a choice. Paul could have just as easily have said, God, come on. Look at what we're doing here. We're doing what you've called us to do. We're telling people about you. The least you can do is protect us. But, you know, he didn't choose that. i tell you what he did. He actually chose joy. He chose joy. Not only did he endure a serious beating, probably to the edge of death, probably, but then put into a dark prison where he probably heard rumors that him and Silas were going to be killed. Not much hope, but he still chose joy. Not only did he choose joy, he picked up his guitar and started singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, I just, to me, it shows the relationship that Paul and Silas had with God. This wasn't about Paul being a super strong man or Silas being a big strong man and and could endure the beatings and they're, they're okay in the prison. No, this is about the relationship they had with God and God gave them the strength to choose the joy, to choose it. Paul is a fantastic fantastic example of Christian joy. He finds delight in God no matter what the circumstances. Listen to some of the things that Paul writes to the church in Philippi. Philippians 1 verse 34. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you. Philippians 2, 17 to 18. Even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Do you know the crazy bit? It's that Paul is actually writing this letter encouraging people to be joyful Well, he's just been badly beaten. He's probably got blood trickling down his nose. He's in excruciating pain. And he's writing this letter to encourage believers. Nothing like choosing joy. Goodness me. But you also get the idea that Paul's not faking it. He's really, really glad. His identity, where is it? It's in Christ. Nothing's going to get him down. 
nothing's going to get him down. If Paul isn't an example of real joy, again, I don't know what is. Let's take another look at another real life story of someone choosing joy. A man called Brother Yun, a Chinese man who just couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. Got told not to do it, like Paul. Got put in prison again and again and again. Endured the worst torture ever to the point where this man would just pass out from the pain. Was told, stop talking about Jesus. Does he stop talking about Jesus? No, he doesn't. Again, he's walking with Jesus. He's got Jesus walking with him. He knows him. He's got the relationship with him. It's the quote from Brother Yun. I didn't suffer for Jesus in prison. No, I was with Jesus and I experienced his very real presence, joy and peace every single day. It's not those in prison because of the gospel who suffer. The person who suffers is he who doesn't experience God's intimate presence. I'll read that again because this is powerful stuff. I didn't, suffer for Jesus in, I didn't suffer for Jesus in prison. So he's not thinking of his physical suffering. I was with Jesus. I was with Jesus. And I experienced his very real presence, joy and peace every day. It's not those in prison because of the gospel who suffer. The person who suffers is he who doesn't experience God's intimate presence. Wow, that's amazing. How do I have joy? How do I have joy? Sometimes it seems easy to be joyful. Like I said before, circumstances are good, things are going well. It's easy to be joyful. And at other times, being joyful is very, very, very difficult. Choosing joy is a sacrifice. Choosing joy goes much more further than just having a happy day, a good day. Choosing joy is deeply rooted in our faith, hope, and trust in God. Now, I'm not saying, please hear me, I'm not saying that when you lose people you love, when you're sick, that you should feel happy. The Bible tells us there's a time to mourn. And when that time comes, we should mourn. We should cry with those who are crying. We should be there with them. And there are people here in this building right now who work ridiculously long hours and hardly see their families. And there are people in this church right now who suffer from pain and it limits them in their life. And there are people here who have lost loved ones and they feel like they'll never, ever be the same again. And there are people here who have suffered insecurities and they feel worthless. They don't feel valued. And yet we are called to find joy through all of that. But how do we find joy? It's a daily choice To die to ourselves, our passions and desires. We have a choice daily 
to choose joy. We have that choice. Now, we often won't find joy in hard circumstances, but we can always find joy in God and what he's done for us. But we need to stay focused on him. We need to choose God. And then the joy will be a result of that choice. In John 15, 10 to 11, it says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So the Bible teaches us that joy is an action choice. Obedience we make because we follow Jesus Christ. So we step into obedience. It's the same with choosing joy. We step into choosing joy. But it's not in our strength in a million percent. Nothing to do with how strong we are. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his Holy Spirit that works in us and gives us that strength. The Bible says that this kind of obedience produces joy. Following and understanding God's word produces joy. Trusting God produces joy. Hoping in God produces joy. Worshipping God produces joy. Serving others produces joy. Being generous produces joy and being thankful for our blessings produces joy there is joy in the presence of God in Psalm 16 verse 11 it says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore we're not talking just a little bit of excitement that maybe I experienced when England scored yesterday We're talking a fullness of joy that just blows you away. And it can can be found in no one else but Jesus. Joy that comes from obedience has benefits. We can have peace in our loss. We can have peace through our trials. We can have strength when we're weak. And we can have joy even in our sorrows. So let's take a quick look at some practical steps on what to do next. Now, it's so easy to fall into self-pity. I've done it. You've probably done it. An easy one to fall into if we focus on our circumstances. We need to find joy in God and all he's done for us and all he's given us. Let's pray and ask God for his grace To help us produce joy in our lives. We're called to read the Bible. We're called to pray daily. Now, I'm married to my lovely wife, Angie. Now, if in the morning I wake up and I say, All right, Angie, morning. And I don't speak to her all day. And I climb into bed at the end of the day. Good night, sweetheart. What sort of relationship am I going to have there? Right? I'm not really going to build a strong relationship because I don't really speak to my wife. Okay, I have a strong relationship with, with my wife, Angie. Praise God. 
We talk a lot, and it's really, really good. Good communication. Well, it's the same with God. If, if we're reading the Bible, if we're getting into God's word, if we're spending time praying to God, we get to know him. You know, it won't just be uh, a relationship where we just pick up the Bible occasionally, but when you get to know God, then choosing joy becomes that little bit easier because you have a relationship with him, you're walking with him, you feel strong as you walk that walk with God. But again, it's obedience, stepping into it. I know what I've got to do. I've got to put aside time to read my Bible. I've got to put aside time to pray. It's obedience. We're called to do it. We're called to do it. Share what we're going through with people we trust. It's important. It's important. People we trust. And ask them, can you pray with me? Can you pray for the situation? I I, I don't feel joy at the moment. I really want to. Please pray with me for this. Be real with God about how you feel and give him all your pain. God already knows what you're going to say before you even pray. It's not going to surprise him. He's going to think, whoa, I need to see that one coming. God already knows. So you can be truthful. You can say, God, I'm really struggling. This is what I'm struggling with. Please help me. When praying, try and think about all of the things that you can be thankful for. You know, when, when you've got a thankful heart, wow, there's nothing like it. Like that, that chap on the YouTube clip. How easy. And we've probably all been there. We take little things for granted. The fact that I can just walk like this and go back like that. I mean, wow. These are big things. Be thankful even for the small things, even though they're massive. We need to obey him because this leads to joy. So easy, isn't it? I mean, it's easy for me to say, look, we need to obey him because this leads to joy. The power of obedience, guys. You know, for me, for you, you know, if we want all that God has for us, if we want to walk that walk with Jesus and experience fullness of joy, we're called to be obedient to the things he asks of us. And I want to finish with a quote from Robert Scheller. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. I'll say that again. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God.